Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. I want to bring you just a short word this morning uh, entitled Responding to Revelation. Responding to Revelation. It really goes along with, with what we've already talked about uh, responding to revelation I'm going to be reading out of the book of Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 uh, the Christmas story uh, the birth the story of the birth of Jesus very familiar to all of us but I want to kind of come a little bit different this morning uh, because you know, God's Word is God's Word, and, and this is not just a history lesson. This is not just for us to read one time a year and, and, and realize that it's historical and, and all of that. There's, there's, there's things in this passage of Scripture that I believe that God wants us to glean from and to grow from it. So, Revel- I'm, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse, beginning with verse one And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Real quickly, right there, I want you to notice uh, the first uh, five words of that verse 1. And it came to pass. And it, and it came to pass. Right, five words. That means that the the name mentioned just a few words later, Caesar Augustus, who was not a Christian, not a believer, not a lover of God, not a, not a, a lover of the Jews. That means that it didn't come on Caesar's time. That means it didn't come because Caesar thought that that's what he wanted to do, it means that it came to pass, meaning that the word of the Lord came to pass. All right? came to pass that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea and the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you, 
you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see these things which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that your word is living, power, powerful. Father, you said, God, that uh, the flowers would fade, the grass would wither, but your word will stand forever. So we're thankful today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Responding to Revelation, the book that we just read from, the Bible that you hold in your lap, uh, the scriptures that you read, all of those are a result of men or women who responded to Revelation. What is Revelation? Revelation is something that has been revealed to you that has previously been hidden. Revelation is something that you did not understand or did not know previously, but now you know. Why? Because it has been revealed to you. All right? Revelation is that that uh, that. We look at, the Bible says in, in the book of Ephesians that God has given us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. God reveals things to people who are willing to listen and hear. God has revealed us His Word. He's revealed to us His truth in His Word. He's revealed to us through His Word that He is God. I would not know anything about Jesus Christ if it were not revealed to me through the Word of God. Holy Spirit has been given to us. The Bible says it is a treasure inside of this earthen vessel. And Holy Spirit has been given to us to reveal the truth to us, to show us and teach us the words that Christ has said. And so we have all received revelation. But what we do with that revelation is another thing. All right? God's given us enough word, written word, in the Bible that we can, we can do anything that we need to do. We don't need another revelation. There's some uh, organizations that say they've got revelation from somewhere else that that coincides with the Bible. No, sir, you don't. There are other organizations that base everything about their organization on the revelation of some man 
that went up on a mountain and had an encounter with God and wrote another book. No, sir, that is not another revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ is, is in this word, and that's all I need. And I'm on a rabbit trail. Pray for me that I can get off of it. Listen, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29 that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. That's pretty awesome. Notice that. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children. Forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So think about that. There are things that you and I will never know about God until we get to heaven. There are things that we may never understand. The Apostle Paul said, I have been given a revelation of the mystery of God. In other words, Paul recognized the reason that Jesus came. And he said, I've been given revelation of that. The secret things belong unto the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us. In other words, we know why Christ came. We know the reason for him being born in a manger. We know the reason that, that uh, he died on the cross, that he shed his blood. That is not a secret. We know why he suffered the shame and the reproach of our sins, and he took them upon himself. We know that the Word of God says that by his stripe I am healed. We know that. We know his redeeming power goes deeper than any sin that I could ever commit. We know that his love will penetrate any barrier that I have established in my life. We know that there is no individual that has gone too far that the hand of God cannot reach. We understand that the love of God is an everlasting love. We understand that it is an agape love. In other words, that it is not a love based upon how I act. It is not a love based upon my deserving but we know that God loves us with an unconditional love. In other words, sinner, there is no sin that you can commit that will cause God not to love you because Jesus came and died for you on the cross of Calvary. This I know because why? Because I read it in the Word of God. Those things have been revealed to me. It has become revelation to me. I know that. I don't know a lot of things, but I know that the Word of God is true. The Word of God lives. It is a living Word. It is a powerful Word. It goes down into the very recesses of who I am. It cuts to the dividing asunder of my soul and my spirit and of the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of my heart. That I do know. 
The scoffer may scoff and the, the laugher may laugh and the atheist may ridicule and all of that. But friend, on the last day, the Word of God will stand for itself. You don't have to try to protect the testimony of God because God is God all by Himself and He can stand on His own feet and, and declare His own power. You see, it's all based upon revelation, but the problem and the area that many people struggle in is we don't know what to do with what we already know. We don't know how to respond to the word that we've already been given. And so many times we pay the price for that. Our family pays the price. Our children pays the price. Because daddy has already received the revelation of who God is, but daddy refuses to walk in the revelation that he already knows. He's always looking for another revelation, looking for something bigger and something more dramatic. When God has said, just walk by faith and not by sight, just walk because I said it in my word. But we're always trying to get that dramatic revelation, that revelation that nobody else has ever heard of and, and all of that. But God is saying, I want you to walk just by simply the word that you've already listened. And if you read John 3, 16, then walk by that word that God gave to you. He gave to you. You don't need somebody else to give something to you because God's already given it to you. It's going to be short. All right. Listen, this story that we just read is such a powerful story of how God would come and, and put his hand upon ordinary, everyday people. It just blows me away. That God would come to a carpenter named Joseph. Previously unknown. Nobody had ever heard of Joseph the carpenter. But yet an angel came to him and revealed that his wife was going to have a child. Or that his future wife was going to have a child. God came to a little virgin named Mary that otherwise nobody would have ever known. But he chose, he came to her. God came to Joseph. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 that Joseph, her husband, was a just man. And when he had heard what the angel said, he was not willing to make her a public example but he was minded to put her away privately because he didn't want to do anything that would harm her. Joseph gives us a picture of an individual, of a man who had to become willing. He had to be willing 
to forget self. He had to be willing to forget and not worry about the possible comments of others. And in order to fulfill God's call on his life. Because Joseph had been given the responsibility to carry or to facilitate or to protect the one that was carrying the Son of God. And Joseph probably knew that there were going to be many people that would be asking questions. There would be many people that would be whispering behind his back. He knew that every time he went in Popeye's to get some chicken, there was going to be somebody there that was going to be. But he had to be willing to be willing to allow God to work through him. Joseph had to be willing to respond to the revelation that God had given him regardless of what people thought about him. Jesus said, lest a man deny himself in Matthew chapter 16 and take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. The thing about revelation from God is this, is that when God gives revelation, it will most of the time be contrary to your situation. The revelation that God gives you most of the time will cause you to have to be that rock in the middle of the stream that's flowing down. You see, it's the revelation of God. It's something that you didn't previously know that God revealed to you. And then we go on down to Mary, and I'm doing this flyover real fast. The Bible says that Mary in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. A virgin girl found with child of the Holy Ghost who had never known a man. You see, Mary is an illustration to us of an individual who was greatly used by God, but yet she was not some big name. She was just a little virgin daughter. But God put his hand on her, and God revealed himself to her. But just how, even how awesome that is, I believe that Mary is a picture of faith for us in that she had to be willing in order to follow and to go with the revelation that she had been given, Mary had to be willing to recognize that she would possibly be misunderstood 
by many people. She had to be willing to understand that perhaps there would be many who would falsely accuse her. She had to be willing to understand that if she walked with the revelation that God had given her, that there were going to be many people that would not understand when she said, this is a God thing in me. But you see, the thing about Joseph and Mary The miraculous thing about it is that the revelation that they received was not in a bed of roses. It was rather in a bed of thorns because they had to make decisions based upon that revelation that would make them uncomfortable, that would put them in position to be misunderstood, put them in position for people to laugh at them, to talk about them behind their back and not understand what God was doing. But understand this, friend, that the response to the revelation will always bring the blessing, the grace, the protection, and the deliverance of everything that you need if you will simply lay aside what people think about your revelation and not worry about how they feel about how you worship and about how you identify with God and quit worrying about it and quit following the, the uh, politically correct society and quit trying to be a pleaser of everybody that comes along and understand that the revelation of God that he has planted within you is your revelation. It is not my revelation. And I can't tell you how to operate the revelation that God's given you. But one thing for sure, friend, if you make up your mind that you're going to walk in the revelation Revelation and respond to the revelation that God's given you at the end of the day you will be able to stand and say that I have birthed something out of me that nobody else could do and God has done a work in me oh yeah we got plenty of time listen the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 11 Jesus said, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets as well, which were before you. And now I want to get to the last. We've dealt with Joseph and Mary, just a a brief flyover. But the last group that I want to deal with this morning is the shepherds. Because I can't, you know, I can relate to Joseph, you know, and and I can I can glean some things from his life and his reaction to what God spoke to him. I, I can I can relate to Mary just a little bit uh, because I can relate to some things that you know that God spoke to her you know, and, and all that. Uh, but but for the most part, you know, Joseph and Mary are kind of, you know, they're just kind of set apart, you know. They're, they're, they're just kind of up there, you know, and, and there'll never be another Joseph and there'll never be another Virgin Mary. You know, they're, 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 
they're set in stone and, and all we can do is admire their lives and admire what God did in them and through them. But it's not like that with the shepherds because I can relate to the shepherds. I can, I can, I can kind of come alongside of the shepherds and I can relate to their lives. Because the shepherds were, were a, a lowly uh, bunch of uh, people of that time that, that they, they, uh, they wasn't uh, in, in the elite of society. They were the, the low-paid and overworked group of people that, that were responsible for guarding the rich men's uh, flocks out in the, in the field. And, and they, had, uh, they never got any recognition. They never got uh, any plaques or any awards for their service and all that and, and all that. So I can kind of relate to them because they, were, they had a humble uh, work uh, job and, and they, were, they were humble and, and they, were, uh, they were shepherds. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 15 that uh, it came to pass that as the angels had, had come and, and uh, given them revelation of what God was doing, that it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Notice this. These shepherds, these low men on the totem pole of society have been visited by an angelic being that announced the birth of a Christ child, their response was, we must have seen a UFO. Their response was that, that well, you know, we must, I knew, Leroy, I knew you shouldn't have ate that plan over there this evening for dinner. I knew it was going to make you sick. No, they said, guys, let us now go to Bethlehem. Let us go to Bethlehem and see with our eyes this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. In other words, they got a word and they responded to the word. Now notice what happened. They came with haste. They found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in a manger. Isn't it amazing how God will always bring people of faith that have responded to revelation. He will always bring them together to do something mighty and powerful. That's the reason that we're here today and not anywhere else. Because God has chose today to bring you here and to bring you together with us so that we together can respond to the revelation that God's given me. It don't make sense to other people but it makes sense to you. Other people might not recognize it, but you see it. And the Bible says in verse 17 that when they had seen it, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. In verse 18, and all they 
that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but the shepherds didn't have a star to follow. The wise men were led to Christ with a star. The shepherds were led there by faith. Worked all week for that revelation and didn't even get an amen. The shepherds followed a word. They followed a word. They responded by faith. Not only did they respond by faith, but the shepherds were the first to evangelize of what they had seen. That was another revelation that I worked half a week on and nobody said amen. <clears throat> the Bible says that when they seen it, when they had seen that they made known <clears throat> abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But I want you to notice something in verse 18. All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, she was trying to cipher out what was happening. But the shepherds, they didn't need to cipher it out. You say, Pastor, where would you get that word? It's just the one that came to me. But <clears throat> they knew that they were seeing something that God was doing that was great. And the Bible says this, and this is what I want to leave you with. The shepherds have seen the baby Jesus. They've seen the Christ child laying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. They've seen the humility and they understand that the revelation that they received out in their field has brought them to this place. And now that they're seeing a miracle and they understand that God is doing something great. And listen, that could have been the end of the story for them, but the Bible says that they returned. Where did they return to? I believe they returned not only to the field where they received the revelation, but I believe they returned to their families and to their communities, and they began to share abroad of what God was doing. You Listen, you don't get that there because, listen, let me help you a little bit there. For 400 years there had been silence for, for uh, years and years, there had been no revelation that had been coming down from heaven. I told you about this last week. For, for years and years, there hadn't been any prophetic words that had been coming around. And nobody uh, had received a prophetic word from God. But now, now in a field, uh, and, and late at night, these shepherds had received a revelation from God. All of a sudden, the heavens broke up and the, and the uh, iron curtain over 
over heaven had been disintegrated and God began to speak. God began to speak down from heaven down onto lowly man and he did it to a shepherd that was in the field that was watching the sheep by night. And now, listen, you don't understand when, when, when everything gets quiet and you can't hear a word from God and it seems like that God is no but nowhere around and you seem the feels like the heavens are, are iron or bronze and you can't get through and all of a sudden you get a word from God. You know what it's like to get a word from God when you haven't heard anything for months and months and months. And so they've got this word from God now and they've got this revelation from God. And listen, I told you all ago, revelation is something that has been previously hidden that is not being seen with your eyes, but now their eyes have seen it. They've been there. They've done that. And now they've got a t-shirt. I saw the Christ. I saw the baby lying in a manger and it didn't stop there. When they got back home, they began to evangelize of what they had seen. The message to you and I this morning is this. What are you going to do when you get home? What are you going to do when you get back home? We come to church. We enjoy the worship. We have a little dance. We feel a few goosebumps. But can I tell you something this morning? That the healing that was flowing around this altar this morning, the anointing that was moving throughout this building this morning that broke the yoke of bondage on people's lives. There were people here this morning that you got healed, and you're sitting there today saying, well, I still feel just like I did when I came to the altar. That is the problem. Quit quit dwelling on how you're feeling and respond to the revelation that you've been given. Quit telling yourself that you're going to die. Quit telling yourself that you're going to die of cancer or you're going to die of a heart attack. Mama died uh, of diabetes, so I'm headed down that same road while you're eating that big piece of pecan pie. You might need to push the pie back and begin to declare the revelation that you're receiving this morning that I will not die, but I'll live and I'll declare the works of the Lord. Go ahead and stand Stand with me, please. Where's our ushers, Brother Jimbo? You guys go ahead and come up. Sister Sandy, you guys want to come? We're almost, we're, we're winding it down. Worship team's going to come and we're going to sing. They're going to they're gonna lead us in some worship. We're going we're gonna to celebrate <clears throat> the Lord's Supper. Ushers, Brother Tad, you guys come right here. We're about to get a traffic jam up here, I know, but uh, we'll figure it out, okay?
Now we're gonna we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna celebrate communion this morning. We're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper, and I know this is a little bit different, but I just felt like this is what we needed to do because communion this morning is about a baby born in a manger. It's about a Savior who died on the cross, redeeming us from our sins. And it's about a king that's coming back. You won't see him as a baby anymore. He's coming back as a king. And so this morning, I'm going to just pray and these guys are going to pass these uh, communion cups. These are uh, ready-made. This is communion 2020. It's already made up. So they're going to pass these cups out to you. If you've got your family or, or you, you've got your group, <clears throat> maybe you just want to get them together and say, hey, guys, let's do this together. You say, Pastor, can I take communion if I'm not a member of your church? You most certainly can. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, then you don't understand what communion's all about because you've never been touched by the blood. You've never been redeemed and healed by the body. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to let these guys pass it out, and then then we'll proceed from there. Father, we thank you this morning. Go ahead, guys, and, and be passing it out. We thank you this morning that the blood of Jesus redeems us from our sin. We thank you this morning that as we hold these cups in our hands. This juice that's in these cups represents the blood that you shed for us on the cross of Calvary. This little wafer that we're about to put in our mouth represents your body that was broken for us. Your word says that you were wounded for our transgressions You was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And with your stripe, we are healed. So, Father, we thank you today for the shedding of the blood. We thank you, Father, for the body that was broken. We thank you this morning that we can remember a baby that was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And we can rejoice because of a Savior that redeemed us. And we can look with faith and hope at a soon coming King that will be coming to redeem us back to Himself. Now, Father, we thank you today. We honor you this morning in the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus.